Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. This episode of Mississippi Magic is titled Wallyisms. But before we unfold another amazing Mississippian story, a little sidebar here. The feedback on our podcast has been nothing less than amazing, and we thank you. I have noticed that boomers say thanks for the memories, and millennials say, I've never heard about that person or story. And to them, I say, precisely. That's the point. But now you do know the story of yet another fellow Mississippian. We'll add to that list with this week's episode of Mississippi Magic titled Wallyisms. Mississippi Magic made possible by our good friends at Divinity Equipment. First, let me mention this. The complete info on these Divinity deals that I'm about to mention are all available at DivinityEquipment.com. Or come on by for a visit. Locations Jackson and Madison, Highway 51 North. If you've been putting off investing in a piece of equipment that would help you save time and money, why are you doing it? For instance, through the end of August, Divinity wants to help you tackle your task with a Kubota L2501 DT Compact Tractor. Comes with all the easy-to-use implements you're going to need. You ready for this? As low as $139 a month with zero APR financing. If the uh, task is a bit under pasture size but still daunting, through the end of August, also the Kubota Z100 Zero Turn More special financing as low as... 83 bucks per month. There you go. No better time nor place. Divinity deals come with award-winning customer service. So come make a little Mississippi magic happen on your land. With the help of Divinity Equipment Jackson Highway 51 North in Madison. From yet another chapter in American history, a Mississippi-born kid named Wally. Scrappy little fighter born of good genes for dreaming. Those genes included a relative who was a nationally known poet and another who was a famous writer. His dad made him a popular kid in town as a locomotive engineer. Come on, what kid's dad has a real train set? His mom tempered any boastfulness by being a teacher and then later a principal. Well, Wally must have done his homework. Not only did he excel in sports, but he also graduated first in his class. Now, the story is told that when asked, Wally, what do you want to do now? It is said that he shocked the entire gathering by saying, and I quote, Well, really, my dreams have been for a long time to be an end man. The crowd was so taken aback because they figured Wally would be a natural for college sports. By the way, if you're wondering, like I was, why they were caught so off guard and what an end man was, it's the lead comedian in a minstrel show. He apparently caught that bug in a couple of acts performed in a high school play. So the kid born in Mississippi was ready to take on the country at a time in history when our country was sandwiched in between the struggles of the Civil War and civil rights. Little did he know that struggle of humanity would go down in history as his most personal confession about one single decision that would determine his life, his livelihood, and his legacy. More on that a bit later. At 21, Wally changed his plans, not his dreams, to follow in his mom's profession to become a teacher. He enrolled at the University of Florida. All the while, the Mississippi-born youngster was restless for something that just felt right. 
And it happened at college one day, at least he thought it did, when one of his friends asked him to come to the university radio station and read a a boring research paper on the air. Now, it's important to pause here and tell you how he got that request. You see, Wally's dad, the locomotive engineer, he wasn't an educated man, but he was an incredible storyteller. And Wally was a chip off the old block. So the friend thought naturally he would be outstanding for the part. When he heard the request, it was like God speaking to Moses. Here's what Wally said, and I quote, Then came the great turning point of my life. I know that Satan took Christ up on a mountain and showed him the world and said, If you bow down to me, I'll give you all. Christ wasn't tempted, but I was. <laughs> End quote. He did. The paper was called, you ready for this? And I quote again, Aspects of Bovine Obstetrics. End quote. When it was over, there was a hush in the college radio station studio, but not from reverence, from relief. Wally himself is on record with probably the best critique of that performance. He said it was, and again I quote, undoubtedly the worst broadcast ever perpetrated on an innocent and unsuspecting radio audience. End quote. Well, management agreed with him, and they pulled him off the program. The only good news here was Wally had just gotten married, so he could go home and cry on a soft shoulder. His future went from in-man to comedian to teacher to radio, and now what? His new bride pointed out that at least he had a job at the station, and that's when a little Mississippi magic dust was sprinkled on Wally's dreams. You see, as a former outstanding high school football player, he went to a few practices, made friends with the coaches, learning the insides and outs, and found that passion that had just been waiting to be welcomed in. Wally went to his boss at the radio station with a huge request. He told the station manager what he'd been doing, which, by the way, included practicing play-by-play broadcasting every waking hour, and please, would he just give him another chance? Just so happened that help was needed, and Wally got another chance. From that college experience, behind the microphone, bringing the game alive to an extended audience, this felt right. So with that Mississippi determination, Wally hopped on a multitude of buses to just about every major city, looking for a full-time gig in football or baseball broadcasting. Unfortunately, jobs of any kind came few and far between during those hard days. But with that Mississippi work ethic, Wally stuck it out. His locomotive engineer dad had taught him if he stayed on track with hard work and determination, he would arrive at his destination. And then one day, that started like all the rest in planning his next call, his next bus trip, his next step in pursuing that thing that felt right. The phone rings. It's a call from Cincinnati. On the other end of the line was a guy by the name of Larry McPhail. Larry was with the professional baseball team, the Cincinnati Reds. Seems Mr. McPhail had talked the owner of the Reds into doing something the baseball team had yet to do, broadcast their games on radio. In the search for an announcer and executive at WLW, the station that would handle the broadcast, remembered an energetic and talented youngster named Wally who came by. The next day, he called him in for an interview, and the rest is history. Wally became the Reds' very first play-by-play guy. The Mississippi youth's dreams were unfolding on a major league baseball field. Later on, when Larry McPhail left the Reds for the Dodgers, he took Wally and his Wallyisms with him. From there, the achievements noted in his sports history came fast and furious over a long and successful career. Wally went on to call 13 World Series, some alongside a guy named Mel Allen. 
He was also the voice of the first National Football League championship game broadcast nationwide, while he was also the voice of the Dodgers and the New York Giants and Princeton University. He hosted TV shows, some with big band and singing legends. He was director of sports for CBS, a PBS series, and so much more. And years later, when he looked back on that career, there was a defining moment when it could have all changed in the blink of an eye. And his downfall could have been recorded as a dark moment, not only for Wally and his family, but also for the state of his birth, Mississippi. Here's what happened. It was during the war, the GM of the Dodgers was the famous Branch Rickey. He called Wally to his office and he told him that he'd just done something that would be headline news by tomorrow and could shake up the entire country, the sport of baseball, and the team. He just signed a guy by the name of Jackie, Jackie Robinson. You see, Branch understood the gravity of the moment, especially considering Wally's southern roots. It was a defining moment in sports history, so Branch Rickey gave Wally the the news and plenty of time for him to find another job, but only if breaking the color barrier and being the play-by-play guy in this historic game was going to be a personal problem. And that's where, in that moment, Wally's world could be changed forever with one simple decision. Now, history has recorded that Wally never admitted to any racist feelings. It was more of a generational mindset that imposed that influence on him than anything else. He once explained that's just the way he grew up. Well, the game's broadcast was around the corner. Branch Rickey, the Dodgers, and a nationwide fan base were all waiting for that first pitch. The ticks on the clock were down to the final few. It was almost time for Wally to either suit up or move on. Then it came. After many restless hours, Wally, Walter to his wife, announced to her that he had made up his mind. And he said, I'm going to quit. After a few moments of silence, she suggested Wally have a martini and just sleep on it. Revisit that decision tomorrow morning. (laughs) And that he did. History records Walter's change of mind thanks to the wisdom and a soft shoulder of his wife and his job. Walter's voice would be heard again in the next World Series because of the incredible talent of that very same Jackie Robinson. When the maddening roar of breaking the color barrier and the World Series ended, a Wallyism was left behind. Written in history as Walter seen, and I quote, Well, I'll be a suck-egg mule, end quote. But later on in life, looking back, the Mississippi-born trailblazer confessed that his life and legacy would be written in a much different way had he walked away from the Dodgers microphone. Thank goodness for Walter, his family, and the state of Mississippi, and the sports world. Because instead of Walter being branded a racist in the pages of history, his long list of accomplishments and influence is recorded for all in places like the National Sportscasters and Sports Writers Hall of Fame and the Baseball Hall of Fame and so many other accolades. Even today, those famous Wallyisms are catchphrases that are woven into the fabric of American history and our lexicon. His exuberant outburst of excitement to paint the game for every individual listener in the brightest and boldest of magnificent colors. Wallyisms have become part of our everyday vocabulary, and we have no idea that a fellow Mississippian was the author. For instance, when the team leading was in command, they were sitting in the catbird seat. When a player muffed a simple grounder, he explained the ball was slicker than boiled okra. And okra wasn't the only vegetable immortalized by Wally. Whenever a skirmish broke out on the field between the two teams, Walter would announce to the audience there was a rhubarb happening. 
And just for the record, he was the first to announce the stage-by-stage flight of a soon-to-be home run with those iconic words, it's going, going, gone. Now, you might not know this Mississippi legend as Wally or even Walter. Everybody in his hometown of Columbus, Mississippi, later in college and in the Army and in the broadcast booth, just call this kid Red. That's right, the red-headed kid from Columbus, Mississippi, Walter Lanier Red Barber. Gillette presents the World Series. Today we bring you the second game between the New York Yankees and the St. Louis Cardinals from Sportsman's Park in St. Louis. And this is Red Barber speaking over the Mutual Network, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, plus shortwave outlets which carry this presentation to our armed forces throughout the world. Musial fouls out to Buddy Hassett. Bottom gives the Rosenbach a bit of a touch. Holding the ball in his gloved hand. Wipes his pitching hand off across the letters. Standing sideways on the hill looking in for the sign. Jimmy Brown moves off second. Moore wide lead off first. Bottom pitches. Walker Cooper swings. as a smash. A base hit over Gordon's head out to right center field. Going to be in there for extra bases. Coming in to score is Jimmy Brown. Terry Moore rounding third coming in. Going into second standing up. Walker Cooper with a double. And the Cardinals lead two to nothing. The Banjo steps in. Cardinals young right-hander into the windup. Overhand pitch swung on. There's a line drive curving foul out in the deep left field in the stands. Mad Joe caught hold of that one very nicely, but pulled it too much. Leads his next pitch to the Yankee Clipper swung on. It's a foul coming back up into the press box. All the way up into it, too. Gentlemen of the press scattered. And the Yankees now have one out left, and they are run behind. Top of the order, Phil Rizzuto. Rizzuto up. The Yankees down to their last out. Four to three, St. Louis. The pitch... Fastball is hit down by second base. Up with it is Marin. Throws to first. The game's over. What a ball game and what a battle. And it came right down to the finish. The uh, series is now all even at a game apiece. The legendary Red Barber born in Columbus, Mississippi. Just one of the incredible life stories of people from the Magnolia State, leaving indelible footprints on the pages of history. All being graced by that same power that exists today more than ever before. Something we call Mississippi Magic. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.